the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This is what I want to do. How often do we do that? We become impatient. We grow weary and tired of waiting on God and waiting on His plan. And so we make a decision. And we, and we you know, short-circuit the plan, so to speak. And so I, well, I'll just go with Eliezer. I'm tired of waiting. And we, and we miss out on the exceedingly abundant plan of God. Don't miss out on the exceedingly abundant plan of God because you're too impatient. In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you to stand firm within your waiting on the Lord. God's timetable isn't our timetable. The way of the world is instant everything, instant messaging, instant online purchases, and so on. However, Pastor Dan urges you to wait upon the Lord and His timing. God has far better plans for your future than any plans that you could come up with. Wait on Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 15 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God is our reward. For the believer, God is our reward. And here God says to Abraham, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Which, which again, it's, if this speaks of God's presence with Abraham. God is present with us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, right? God is saying to Abraham, I, I am with you always. I'm present with you Always, you know, Jesus will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Lo, he is with us always, even to the end of the age. Whenever you're afraid, whenever you're anxious about something, remember that God will protect you, that God is your shield. God is with you and God is your great reward. God is the answer. God is the answer to your fears. God is the answer to your needs. God is the answer to your struggles, whatever you're struggling with today that maybe nobody knows about. Again, maybe on the outside you got it all together, but on the inside you're falling apart. God is the answer. God is the answer that you're looking for. Whatever it is, God is the answer. The answer is found in Jesus Christ. That's who you need. That's who you need. You need Jesus. And Jesus invites us, right? He invites us to bring our troubles, to bring our burdens, to bring our cares to Him. And He promised to take, take those burdens from us. He invites us to cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. He, he, wants, he wants to be involved in our lives in such a way that He can take our fears and our burdens and our worries and our struggles from us. And He says, and I'll give you rest for your soul. I love that. Rest for your soul. And we all know what that's like to just feel uh, unrest 
in our soul, unrest in our spirit, unrest in our inner man, anxious about things. And here Jesus says, you come to me with your burdens, with your worries, with your cares. I'll take them from you. I'll give you rest for your soul. I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. That's what he offers us. So now Abraham raises his first question for God. And and again, this is the first time we see Abraham speak to God. And it's a question. He's got a series of questions in this chapter. But Abram said to God, and I think as I read it, you know, catch the tone of what he's saying here. But Abram said to God, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now, Eliezer was Abraham's servant, and it was common practice in the ancient world to appoint one of your servants as your heir when you had no son, no child, no children. And that's what Abraham did at this point. He's 10 years into this. He doesn't have a child yet. He thought he'd have children. And so now at this point, he appoints Eliezer, his servant, to be his, his heir, Eliezer of Damascus. Since he didn't have a son, he makes Eliezer his heir. Eliezer was Abraham's chief assistant, his, his most trusted servant. He was like a son to Abraham. We're going to see Eliezer come up again in Abraham's life in the story. I mean, it's amusing to me that Abraham explains to God the reason he has appointed Eliezer to be his heir. It's because he's childless. And he goes as far as saying to God, you have given me no offspring. And so I have made him my heir. It's almost like Abraham is saying to God, God, you've given me no choice. Since you haven't come through on your promise to me, you haven't given me a child. And so I made Eliezer my heir because I don't have any children. You have to admire Abraham's boldness here. You have to admire his honesty with God. I mean, he he expresses, I think, his frustration over this unfulfilled promise. And we, we we can become frustrated, can't we? When things don't work out the way we thought they were going to work out and things don't go the way we thought they would go, we can become uh, frustrated, waiting on the Lord. And Abraham expresses his frustration here. I think it's important to know that God can take our honesty. We don't want to be irreverent with God. We don't want to be disrespectful, but he, he can take our honesty. We can express honest feelings to God. We can express our frustration, our disappointment. Whatever we're feeling, you know, in the Psalms it says in Psalm 62, pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before him. He already knows what's in your heart. Pour out your heart before him. Psalm 142 verse 2 says, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. You can tell God your, your complaints, your troubles, what's troubling, troubling you. you but do, and do it reverently. But you can pour out those feelings, those, those emotions to God. And that, that's what Abraham did. He's, you know, he, he, he essentially says to God, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm childless. I don't have an heir. And so I guess Eliezer, my servant, will be my heir because you haven't given me a son. I thought I'd have a son by now. Back, you know, if you remember back in chapter 12, Lord, when I was still living in Ur of the Chaldees, 
You said you would make me into a great nation. I thought by that you meant that Sarah and I would have children. But I guess that's not what you meant. So I I guess you're, you're going to do this through my servant, since I don't have any children like I thought I would have. Lord, this isn't what I expected. Lord, I thought things would go differently than this. Do you ever feel the way that Abraham feels in this passage? We all have. You feel, you know, let down. It doesn't meet your expectations. Thought things would be different. Didn't know it would go like this. Look at, look at God's response to Abraham. I'm reminded of what it says in the opening chapter of Isaiah, where God says, come, let's reason together. You know, God's not, a, God's not offended here by Abraham's frustration or his disappointment. Instead, verse 4 Look at what he says. And behold, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Eliezer is not your heir. Abram, you will have a son who will come from your own body. He will be your heir. Abraham, you heard me correctly when I first called you. You weren't mistaken. Sometimes when we are waiting on the Lord to fulfill his promises to us and we're we're growing weary in the waiting and we're growing frustrated because things aren't happening yet. We, we can start to, start to question ourselves and start to second guess ourselves. Well, maybe I didn't hear the Lord like I thought I did. Maybe I, maybe I misunderstood him. Maybe I got it wrong. I, I thought this is what he was telling me and now I'm 10 years down the road and it's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken here. It reminds me of John the Baptist in the New Testament. You remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the one who came to prepare the way for the Lord, for the coming Messiah. And he was preaching out there in the desert. And he was calling people to repent and be baptized. He said, because the day of the Lord's a day. The Messiah is coming. And John the Baptist is, is the one who pointed at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He announced the Messiah's arrival. And, Jesus, and John knew that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah. John said that God spoke to him and told him that Jesus is the, the one. And John saw the Holy Spirit descend and rest upon Jesus Christ at his baptism. And John heard the voice from heaven saying, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. John was certain, he was fully convinced that Jesus is and was the Messiah. But then John was thrown into prison by the Romans. And after John was thrown into prison, he sent messengers to Jesus asking a question. Are you the one? Or should we be looking for someone else? John was fully convinced. But when he was thrown in prison, now he's questioning everything. Because he didn't expect prison. And so John says, are are you the one? Because if you're the one, why am I in prison? And I think for, for us, you know, sometimes it can be that way. When, when things don't go the way we thought they would go, when things don't work out the way we expected them to work out, we begin to question, well, maybe, I, maybe that wasn't the Lord. Maybe I didn't hear Him. Maybe I got it all wrong. And here God, in, in verse 4, reassures Abraham. He renews the promise to Abraham and he tells Abraham, no, Eliezer's not going to be your heir. You will have a child. He will come from your own body. He shall be your heir. Abraham, you heard me correctly. You're not mistaken. 
Yes, yes, it's taking longer than you thought it would take, but you got the message right. You're going to have an heir. And then watch what the Lord does next in verse 5. And then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And God said to Abram, So shall your descendants be. Now back in chapter 12, God said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. And now God fleshes that out a bit for Abraham here. And I, I love this here and just the, the, the tenderness of God in a sense where Abraham is faltering in his faith. And so God not only reaffirms the promise that he made to Abraham back in chapter 12, but he's, he's now expanding on it. He's giving Abraham more information. He's, he's building his faith. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In a sense, by giving him uh, this, this more information, he takes Abraham outside his tent and shows him all the stars in the sky. And he says, look at all these stars, Abram. This is how many descendants you'll have. Too many to be numbered. You know, we, we live, where we live here, it's a high population area. And, uh, you know, all the lights from the cities and the houses and everything makes it difficult to see the stars in the sky. But if you've ever been out into an area away from the population, maybe out in the desert or something like that, where you can really see the stars... It's amazing. I mean, they're almost, they're almost, you know, three-dimensional. There's so many of them in the sky. You can imagine for Abraham living at the time that he lived in, you know, there's no light pollution at all. What was it like for him to look up in the sky and see all of those stars? And God says to Abraham, This is what I have in store for you. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I want you to I want you to note this here. Abraham, he's frustrated because he doesn't have one son. Abraham just wants one son that can be his heir. Just one. And and he got to a point where, where he grew impatient, waiting for a son. So he made Eliezer his heir, who wasn't his son. You know, he he got to the point where he said, I guess I'll just make Eliezer my heir. But then God says, no, look, look at the stars in the sky. This is how many descendants I will give you. And they will come from your body. They will be your children. It's not going to come through your servant. Your servant is not your heir. Abraham, I have, I have this plan for you. I have this future for you. 
And Abraham's blessings were beyond, or God's blessings on Abraham were beyond Abraham's imagination. More than Abraham ever, ever imagined. And I I look at Abraham here and I, I think, well, how often do we grow impatient waiting on God? And in our impatience, we, we settle for something so much less than what God has for us. Or we, we undercut what God has because we become impatient, waiting on his plan to be fulfilled. And we settle on Eliezer. I guess Eliezer will just be my, my heir, heir then. And, and, it's, and, and what we settle on is so inferior to what God wants to do. We underestimate God instead of waiting upon him. You know, the Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine. What's, what's Abraham imagining? Well, I guess it'll come through Eliezer. What is God doing? Look at the stars. This is, this is what I want to do. And how often do we do that? We become impatient. We grow weary and tired of waiting on God and waiting on His plan. And so we make a decision. And we, and we you know, short-circuit the plan, so to speak. And we say, well, I'll just go with Eliezer. I'm tired of waiting. And we, and we miss out on the exceedingly abundant plan of God. So finally, we come to verse 6. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. You know, I I love that nothing's really changed in a sense. You just need to have this conversation with God. And, and, And now he's back, you know, where before he was faltering in his faith, and now just this one conversation. But God hasn't given him a child yet. So nothing's really changed in his circumstances. He just has this conversation with God and, all right, now he's back. And how often, again, for us, the application for us, you know, we're faltering, we're struggling. And how often, is all, all that we need to do is just spend some time talking to the Lord and talking it over with God in prayer and spending some time in the Word and allowing God to speak to us and God reaffirms His promises to us in His Word and we're good. Right? We just needed that. We just needed that conversation. And, and, and it's all good. Nothing's changed. Circumstances haven't changed. But we're good now. And for Abraham, he has this conversation with God. God takes him outside, shows him the stars. Hey, this, this, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. You know, I think about Abraham here looking up at the sky and nothing's changed for him. He still has all the obstacles. He's still 85 years old. His wife's still 75 years old. They haven't had any children up to now. In spite of all the obstacles he faced, Abraham believed God's promise. And God saw Abraham's faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, verse 6 is a very important verse in your Bible when it says, He accounted it to him for righteousness. How did, how did God count this? His faith. Uh, he, he accounted it as, as righteousness. He credited it to Abraham as, as righteousness. Now the Apostle Paul is going to pick up on this verse. And he's going to quote it in Romans chapter 4. Using Abraham as an example of being justified by faith. Apart from keeping the law. And so this is a very important verse because this is how Paul explains justification by 
faith instead of trying to be justified by keeping the law or doing works to be justified before God. Here with Abraham, we have an example of somebody who was declared righteous by God, justified. That's what that means, to be declared righteous. Abraham was declared righteous by God by faith. His faith was accounted to him as righteousness. God spoke to Abraham, and here's the key. Abraham took God at his word. That's what faith is. Faith is believing what God says. That's it. And because Abraham believed what God said, it was accounted to him as righteousness. He was declared righteous in God's sight. He was justified by faith, by, believing, by simply believing what God said. And Paul, Paul expounds on this, that, that there's, a, there's a righteousness that comes apart from keeping the law, apart from works, apart from the things that you do. There's a righteousness that comes by faith, by simply believing what God says. And he gives Abraham as the example for us. Abraham was righteous, not because of any works he did, but because he believed what God said. And God counted Abraham's faith as righteousness. So Abraham was declared righteous because he believed God's word. And for us, there is a righteousness that we can have. We can be declared righteous apart from the law by believing what God said about his son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross for our sins. Jesus said, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And if you believe what Jesus said, by faith, if you believe it's true that we have eternal life through believing in Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and that his death on the cross takes away all of your sins, if you believe that he was buried and raised from the dead, just as the Bible says, and all of your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life. And if you simply believe what it says, God will account that as righteousness. He will declare you righteous apart from the law, apart from works, because you believe God, because you take him at his word. And if you take God at his word, he accounts it as righteousness. And he declares us righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, apart from works. So we don't have to, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to work to keep it. Once we get it, you just got to believe what he says. Believe what he says about you being a sinner separated from God. Believe what he says about Jesus Christ's death on the cross, atoning for your sins, dying for your sins as a substitute for you. You have to believe what he says in his word about uh, his death on the cross, paying for all of your sins. And through his death on the cross, you have eternal life and all of your sins are forgiven. You have everlasting life. That's it. Do you believe it, right? That's it. Do you believe it? Yes or no? That's really what it comes down to. If you believe it, God says, righteousness. Righteous, right? That's what he says. That's why it's called good news. Because it's not based on what you do or what you've done or it's not up to you to maintain it. All you got to do is believe it. Just believe what he said. And it's accounted as righteousness. He asked me how I know 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.